You are about to listen to Defending Black Girlhood Podcast, and I'm your host, Lalita G. I'm a black mother. Look, I don't care what Mookie Mae Mae and Lakeisha oh, Mama does. I'm not Mookie Mae Mae and Lakeisha's uh, Mama. Tripping. A preacher. Give me the key of D. And Mary had a little baby, and his name was Jesus. A life coach. Look, girl, if Chump don't want no help, Chump don't get no help. Oh, and a singer. And I, and I, and I, no, I ain't a singer. Most of all, I'm an advocate for black girls everywhere they are. And I'm telling you right now, I am unapologetic as hell about my fierce advocacy for black girls to be safe in their homes, schools, and communities. Join us for courageous conversations about topics that most impact our girls and be inspired to do your part in defending black girls in your part of the world. Some information may contain graphic, violent, or explicit language. Listener's discretion is advised. Hello, you all. This is not our official Lit Angry Black Woman podcast, but we're going to try it out a little bit. So we decided to have an opportunity mid-season to just talk about, catch up as sisters on what is going on in the world. There's a lot going on with black women, with black girls in the world, and we thought we'd take some time just to talk about that and invite you all into the conversation. So I'm here um, with Alexandra. Hey, Alexandra. Hey. How you doing today? I'm tired. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. Good though. Yeah. And that's for a number of reasons, I'm right. sure. And I'm here with Cassie. Hey, Cassie. Hey, hey, hey. How you doing? I'm I'm blessed. I'm not even gonna lie. I'm blessed. Oh, tired, cool. but blessed. Right. I'm sick and tired. You know. <laughs> um, there's just been so much going on. We're looking at. We're just getting out of the situation. Well, we're not even out of the situation with COVID-19. Sound like we're making another dive in that the numbers are starting to grow. So we're dealing with that, and then we have, you know, the killing of Breonna Taylor. And I'm just going to say her name by itself because often her name is tacked on to black men that have been killed. And I'm just going to sit with her for a minute. Mm-hmm. I'm going to sit with Breonna Taylor. I'm going to sit with Atiana Jefferson. Um, these two sisters, both who were in the sanctity of their own homes, who were killed. And I know that our hearts are broken when we, we see our brothers gunned down in the street. And it's horrible. But I'm not sure if we understand like the home is the last horizon where there is this perceived freedom, perceived safety. And now for our black women, you know, almost all the black women that I can think of that have been killed by police, it was predominantly in their home. Um, Corvin Gaines, Corvin Gaines was killed in her home. There was a, a woman out in Seattle, she was killed in or near her home, you know. So what do you all think about what's going on with our sisters being killed in their home by police, our unarmed sisters? Some of them was even sleeping, being killed by police. (laughs) Man, that's a loaded question. (laughs) Right. Right. That's a loaded question. Um, 
I think it's horrible how like untalked about it is. Mm-hmm. I mean, we and we were just talking about it because we we you, you had said a name earlier, and I was like, I don't remember that one. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's but it'd it be like that, like with everything, with every you know non mainstream thing that happens. Like Sandra Bland was very like in the media, right? Um, Brianna Taylor is very in the media, but there's a lot that aren't, you know, and so it it really just showcases like how you just don't hear these black women. You don't hear about these black women um, in any capacity. And then it just showcases even more the the importance we don't put towards it. Absolutely. I think that's so true. And I think that um, it's by no accident. It's very strategic that they're doing these killings in the home and they're trying to send a message that they don't want us to even think that we have any type of peace, even like you said, in the, the, the safety of our own home. Mm-hmm. Now we can't be safe in our bed. Right. Um, yeah. And I, th- I think it's, it's trying to send out a message and control can, can quickly be stemmed from fear. And I have to say there's like a two edged sword to that. I mean, because so many of our black girls, aren't safe in their beds anyway mm. from mm. the inside of their homes. Mm-hmm. They're fighting for their bodies from the inside of their homes. And now they got to fight for their bodies from the outside of their homes too. So true. Which just is, it's just too much. That's very real. It's just too much. And so bringing up the conversation is interesting. I was recently interviewed and the conversation was specifically the question was asked about what I felt and thought as a, as a black mother of a black son, you know, about the killing of George Floyd. And when I said George Floyd, I said, and Breonna Taylor, it was like the reporter just got tripped up. She didn't know what to say because she had no context or readiness for me entering the conversation of Breonna Taylor. That's why even in this conversation, I just want even to stay centered around Breonna Taylor and centered around Atiana Jefferson and, and so many of our sisters who have lost their lives, you know, at the hands of police when they have been unarmed, like I said, a predominant number have been in their own homes, you know, or even, you know, like how many times, I have no statistics on this, but like how many times do black women call the police for their own need and their own safety and they find that they end up being the victim or not protected at all? Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, I know I called the police one time in a situation when I was doing my teen mom home, and one of the fathers of the babies that was living there, you know, assaulted me. And I called the police, and the police arrives, and he comes in as a mouthpiece for the joker I called the police on. Well, he said that he this and he said, and maybe if you would just. And he's about to start walking around the house. I was like, no, sir. Wow. Like, where are you going, first of all? And then I was like, secondly, I said, you do realize that I called you, right? You know, and so it's just, mm-mm. it's crazy. Oh, I thought you were going to say something. <laughs> you look like you was about to say something. I'm shaking my head. But yeah. There's, there's some points where you just don't, like, you have the words to respond to stuff like that. Right. 
I mean, in recent years, I've called the police twice. And I promise you, I'm going to think five times before I call the police a third time. Because the second time yeah. I called it, I was working with somebody who was having a mental breakdown. And they, I didn't want to call the police, but they had ran. And they were going in and out of traffic. We were not able to get them back in the car. And I'm at this point, I'm afraid that they're going to get hit mm. with their rational behavior. So at the last resort, I called the police. They show up, they basically said, there's nothing we can do. She's an adult. She hasn't broken any crimes. There's nothing we can do. I'm like, but can you help me? I'm afraid for her, her safety. I'm afraid for her life going in and out of traffic. Sorry. And then when we were able to finally get her in the car and secure her, then the police going to come over asking me, well, whose car is this? Do you have the registration? I'm like, Bozo the Clown. I am not. I said, you know what? I need to go get her to some safety. I don't have time to answer these questions. You said you couldn't help me. Now you need to know whose car this is. And when I did that, I saw him rise up in his chest. And he was about to go in and his partner tapped him and told him to stop. Mm -hmm. I saw him rise up in his chest about that because, you know, if you have any sense of your own rights, you know, power structures don't like, like you knowing what your rights are. Right. They sure don't. So that was the second time in recent history I called the police. So third time, I'm not waiting for it to be a charm. I'm going to have to figure out something my own self because, you know. And I feel like that's what happens, especially with black women. Mm-hmm. There's like, I can't rely on this. Right. They take matters into their own hand and then they're in prison for years because of murder. Absolutely. You know, that's that's what happens. Like, right. if they're not going to do anything about it, then what's the point? Or their sons. There are right. countless sons who are in prison right now for protecting their mothers. Um, right. Who are being threatened or beaten in their own homes, you know? And speaking of that, I don't... We're not ready with details, y'all. We're just bothered by something. So take that into account. You know, but thinking about the situation in Milwaukee where there were a couple girls who were missing and they were found to be in this home that they were being sex trafficked. Mm. And the police proved to be no help in that situation. And I think we can break that down you know, when we're looking at the adultification of black girls, it's an assumption that black girls do certain things. And maybe they yeah. wanted to be a prostitute. Maybe that's what they wanted to do, you know, or maybe they look older than we thought they were or what have you. And the police weren't doing it. So a whole bunch of people, and shout out to the city of Milwaukee, shout out to the sisters and the brothers who got together, who took it in their own hands and saved and rescued those two girls. Well, like, that's I'm about to take a sometimes. Sh- I gotta take a shot for you. Because it's a shame they had to, but it's amazing that they did. It's a shame they had to. That's enough. Maybe a little bit more. <laughs> it's a shame they had to. Okay. But I'm so glad that you did because um, I believe if we all understand that defending black girlhood is the responsibility of us all, black women, black men, white women, white men, Latino men, Latina women, all of us, Asian men, Asian women, native men, native women, everybody. It's our full responsibility to defend black girlhood 
when we see something that's wrong, something that's off, and there's something that we can do, it's upon us to do that. And the truth is, it's upon us to do that for any and every child, period. Period. I don't care if I see a child in distress, if I see a child looking like they're lost, if I see a child in a situation about to do something. You know, the black mama and me, I don't care what color you are, I'm going to intervene. I'm going to be are you okay? What do you need? You know, I saw a young person being detained by the police one time. I pulled up to the side because I'm going to watch and see what's going on. I don't know what's going on because I just pulled up on y'all. So I'm not necessarily going to know what to do, but I'm going to watch and make sure you're going to treat that baby right. You know what I'm saying? And so, um, but shout out to you all for, for doing that. Because we see things. The regular person, and, and, and tying this in to Erica Hill, too many people saw too many things and did too little in response. And so when we understand that it is our responsibility to do something, to respond when we see something ain't right, when we see something that's wrong, it is our responsibility as adults in the lives of these children, whether we know them or not, if we see them, it's our responsibility to do something. And I, 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 guarantee, I guarantee you, if more people who know these sex rings are going on, who are trafficking our little black girls, if more, I was going to say Joe Public, I'm going to say if more Jerome Public, if more Shakita Public would intervene, we'd have less of this going on. And here's to y'all in Milwaukee. Ooh, wee! <laughs> Whoa. I hope I don't set this mic on fire. <laughs> but I love it. And we need to do yeah. more of this. Um, so, Alexander, tell us what happened to the young lady, Althea Bernstein, here in Madison, an 18-year-old. What's been um, reported? So, what's been reported is she was downtown and driving, I think, around 1 a.m. or some early time in the morning. Had her windows down, driving by herself, and a couple of white dudes pulled up, calling her the N-word, screaming at her and stuff, and uh, threw some lighter fluid at her, and then threw some type of lighter flame something up at her, and, and burned her. And I just read yesterday in another article that said when she called the police, they told her that they were prioritizing the protesters and told her not to, to think that they weren't hearing her, but she wasn't a priority. And, so and just left her. We hear you, we see you. But we don't care about you. But we don't care about you. We yeah. have what we need to do what you, what you need, but we're not going to do it. So we think protesters and those who may or may not be doing damage to property are the priority property is the priority because the majority of the protesters here are peaceful protesters they're organized protesters mm -hmm. they're not just wilding out out here right. they have an agenda they have a plan and they're out here we're more concerned about what they gonna do than the fact that someone has um set you on fire literally but we see you so we hear about you. the potential flames to the buildings downtown. right and ain't no building ever been set on flames, right? Exactly. I said potential flames. It right. didn't even happen. Right. That's ridiculous. That's absolutely ridiculous. And so an 18-year-old, you know, mm -hmm. to me at my age, you know, everybody under 30 is a baby. 
to me. You know what I'm saying? An 18 year old baby. baby to me. You know what I'm saying? An 18 year old baby set on fog here in Madison, Wisconsin in 2020, not 1960, not 1920, in 2020, and it's not a priority. I didn't know it was one in the morning when it happened. I think that's what it said. That's crazy. And the thing is, too, because I've been seeing a lot um, about, I've been I've been seeing some of the articles saying biracial, mm-hmm. um, Madison 365 called right. her black, which is what she is, what she recognizes mm-hmm. herself as, whether you're biracial or not. Um, if you consider yourself black, be black and proud, you know what right. I mean? And there's so much about it being, they didn't care about her being biracial. <laughs> no, they didn't care. They didn't care. She was black enough to set on fire. She right. that she sure was. They recognized her as, and she light skin. Right, like mm-hmm. she 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 lighter than me, light skin. Mm-hmm. So the fact that they saw her as as a black woman right. is really telling too. And then the fact that that and I was saying this in, in my status is like they want to they want to um, white people don't care none about biracial. They really no. don't. And it 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 definitely shows that when at one in the morning, I thought it was, and not that it makes a difference really what time, but one in the morning you can like more tell like, oh, she's black. Right. Like, and I saw her, she has like curly hair. Mm -hmm. Like they didn't care none about that. But can we just say historically, white people ain't never cared about you being biracial. They don't. Like white people started a drop of black right. be black. We didn't start that as right. black people. That wasn't our criteria. That right. was the criteria that was put upon us right. in order to keep us in servitude. So white people ain't never cared about how much black you was. Right. It was just that you was any black. Yeah. And 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 so like to that, I've been seeing so much about like, you know, light skins at privilege and this and that. And there are elements, you know, for mm-hmm. sure. I've absolutely, I, I, I would agree with that. But at the very end of the day, they don't care, mm-hmm. cause like Colin Kaepernick is is biracial. Mm-hmm. They didn't care about him being being, you know, and and Obama is biracial. Right. They call him the N word just as soon as they call anybody else. Then you know what exactly. I mean. So it's like it don't it don't matter at all <laughs> about her being like. Biracial. So I just don't think. Now y'all can let me know if you think differently. I don't think light skin has the privilege it had in 1940. I would agree with that. I think the privilege of being light skin had in 1895 is not the same privilege it has in 2020. Right. And the privilege that it has now is likes and fake clout. Well. Nothing of real value. I mean, you might, if you light well, skin, you might be able to be in a rap video. Quicker than I will be. Little petty things, but you ain't. Little stupid things, and it care more to it matter more to black people than it. Yeah, within the black community. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I think it's changed over the years, you know. And somebody introduced to me the idea that as a dark-skinned black person, that I have privilege that they did not have as a light-skinned black person. I'm like, what are you talking about? Keep them stretching. Like <laughs> that's a stretch. Like uh, that is a complete stretch. Um, privilege for what? Privilege for what? Like I ain't never heard that one. I don't get that one at all. Mm-mm. No. Yeah. Next. We're not even gonna address that. Yeah, that's that's a whole lie. Next. 
<laughs> That's a whole lie. And it's really interesting, you know, because we know colorism has had an issue and an impact in the black community throughout the African diaspora. Again, that was something that was engineered by white people to try to bring, you know, friction between us as black people. And it's interesting as I see it throughout my travels in Latin America really play out. I ran into this woman in Argentina and I was asking her if, uh, pass the bottle. <laughs> I asked her if she was um, an Afro-Desidiente. Um, I don't think I can speak Spanish well when I've had from. <laughs> I would almost oh think that my- It didn't sound that good. Don't put her a lot of Espanol. Cuando yo, tomando. Okay, so let's see if I can get this right. Um, but anyway, I asked her if she was uh, Afro descendant. I keep trying to tell people I'm the Black Whisperer. Like I can tell a Black person. I don't care how much Black you got in you. I can see it. So I asked her, and she said no. And I'm looking upside that kinky hair. <laughs> upside her head and I'm thinking okay then she says pero mi padre okay sis sis if your daddy is an afro descendant guess what you and your kiki hair is too <laughs> you know so even that process of thinking and, and removing and pushing back blackness you know um, is just such an interesting concept Mm -hmm. You know, people told me, oh, no, there's not many Afro-descendants in Argentina anymore. You know, they were put in the front line during one of the early wars after slavery. Many of them were wiped out then. And then there was a, a intentionality, what I was told, of releasing of, I want to say maybe the Spanish flu or something. I don't even remember what it was. That killed out a lot of black people. Um, but when I went there, I was looking around. There go one, 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 there go one. Blickety black, black, blickety black, black. Blickety, blickety, blickety black, black, black. E, black, A, blickety, blickety, blickety black. Anyway, I just saw a lot of black people in Argentina. And they probably wouldn't at all consider themselves black. They probably wouldn't at all consider themselves a descendant of blackness, but I saw it. What? What are you writing? But I did want to bring up a point though. Okay. It's completely separate from this. Are you gonna sing it? No. Okay. But it's this theory that black women don't feel pain. Mm. And I think that's the root of a lot of that's the root of all of this. Just that lie. That that lie that's been rooted from the beginning of time. But why did they lie? Why did they lie and say black women didn't feel pain? Because then see, black people was human. Right. We're machines. But why else did they specifically lie that black women don't feel pain? To make their pain feel less or do what they did with us? Yeah, because they want to be able to do what they, they did with us. Mm -hmm. like, you're not human, so I don't have to feel bad that I'm... Exactly. It, right. You. Exactly. Right. right. That's what it was. You know it. That's what it was. Giving you shots and killing you off while we experiment. Right. So Dr. Sims, I believe his name was, was a predominant... OBGYN doctor and made a lot of strides in the field and was um, renowned for his work and his research. A lot of that research was at the expense of the black woman, 
you know, the black slave woman, he did these experiments on her without any anesthesia because she didn't feel pain. But people want to cry because, of, because they want to take down his statue that was in Central Park. Uh -huh. Did you look it up right Yeah, now? they did take it down, I think, a couple of years ago. But people want to cry. It's mm -hmm. like... White people want to say, well, that was the time back then. That was the way people had slaves. People thought that way. And I'm just thinking, fuck the way you thought back then. Exactly. Because right. this is the way I think now. So fuck you for what you did back then. Fuck you for why you did it back then. Fuck you for thinking black women didn't feel no pain. Fuck you for doing it anyway. Fuck your statue. Fuck your research. Fuck the money you made. And give us the fucking money that you made. That money needs to be given to black people under Dr. Sims. And so, fuck history, fuck slavery, fuck people who had slaves, fuck people who made money from slaves, fuck people who still make money from slavery, fuck the lack of reparations, fuck questioning whether or not I deserve reparations, fuck giving reparations to everybody except me, Fuck your 40 acres and a mule as if that was enough. Fuck you for not giving my 40 acres and a mule because I would have appreciated that. Uh, I think we stopped at 17. You got at least two more. Let's go. <laughs> Fuck your liberal self who said you didn't make no money. Fuck your liberal self because you did make some money. Well. Fuck cotton. Fuck rum. <laughs> Fuck tobacco. Because they made all this money on rum from molasses and whatnot. Um, there's somebody else I need to fuck. Um, I, thought you didn't <laughs> I thought you didn't have any to give. You know what? I found some. I, I see. I think it was buried in that rum. Yes. <laughs> I think that's where you found all it. All my fucks was at the bottom of that rum bottle. <laughs> Whoa. At least the bottom of my cup. Can I touch your question? Yes. You good? I'm good. Cause I'm getting it out. Yeah, 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 for sure. You know, so what yeah, did I? Absolutely. Yeah, one of my recent totally. art pieces that I did was, you know, black women will always be too loud for a world that was not ever wanting to listen to them. And, mm -hmm. you know, behind that I say, you know, black women have been silenced for 400 years. Yeah. We got a lot of fucking things to say. And we're gonna say it fucking loud because we've been fucking silenced for fucking 400 years. And I'm just saying, I'm not going to apologize for the volume of what I fucking say. Let's make sure to put that E on it, that fuck. Yeah, I'm just so, yeah. No, we need to put L <laughs> on yeah, this episode. Think, like, you know how some writers can only use certain words a certain amount of times? Me. <laughs> well, I think yeah. we have the discretion on this podcast yeah. to use whatever we want to, <laughs> thankfully. Yeah. Right, we, wow. right, we're going to learn today. Today? No, nah, but about that pain situation, though. I've seen it yeah. firsthand mm -hmm. as someone who's dating a white woman that we have very similar issues and went to the ER for very similar issues. And they told me to take ibuprofen. They said, well, maybe you should try birth control. Maybe wow. you should try. Yeah, I'm, I'm saying I'm not trying to do birth control. If I want to do birth control, I wouldn't be here right now. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> they always trying to make sure we not having no more black babies. Right. So it ain't about birth control. I have a whole girlfriend. That's that's not the issue. Okay. Like, you know. And then the, so the second thing is, um, she went when she went. It was a whole. We were there for probably four hours, and they ran like 
three or four times. Wow. My God. I'm not even playing. And and I was like, this is some bullshit. Wow. <laughs> this That's is some bullshit. The same thing we went for. Wow. The same situation. Wow. And she going for, and I was, and, and she told me, she's like, this symbol, she told me, I'm like, you absolutely right it is. Because we, they told me that basically to take three ibuprofen, and it's, it's menstrual cycle related. It's like, you know, and so you're going to tell me that that's all, that's all you can do for me. Right. That's all you can, they yeah, didn't check me, they didn't, right, they didn't check for endometriosis. They didn't check for like any, any other number of things it could be, but, but had her but run the test for four. For four hours. hours. They forever to stop trying to make us have babies. Now, look, mm-hmm. I'm out of my baby having period of time. But, you know, right now, like, if I could still have babies, maybe I can't. I don't know. I don't feel like it. But maybe. But if I could, I would just have, like, five more black babies right now just to make y'all mad. I would have, like, five more black babies. So I can't do that right now. So I'm going to need somebody else to do that for me. I'm gonna need somebody else to do because they if they, if they're not trying to keep us from having babies by locking up our men during their childbearing years, although men can have babies forever, they're locking up black women. We're not talking about the large numbers of black women who are incarcerated. Can somebody say black woman issues? We're not talking about the number of black women. We're not talking about the number of black girls who are incarcerated. I saw with my own two eyes how many black girls under the age of 18, are incarcerated in the state of Wisconsin. We're not talking about that. We're not even talking about the number of children who are incarcerated. We're talking about grown men being incarcerated, and that is a conversation to have. But when do we have the conversation about black children? When do we have the conversation about black girls and the number of them who are being incarcerated, who are being moved from the child, the juvenile justice system to the adult justice system and being locked up? Prematurely. Prematurely, we have to start with how many black children are being locked up before we start talking about black men who are making decisions as adults and what they're doing. And we have these children who are out here who are vulnerable moving into the juvenile system and being bumped from that to the adult system, you know, but, you know, it's just, it's just too much. And I think there's so many issues that are going on. Like, there's no way to hit every issue. There's no way to hit every black issue. There's no way to fight for every black issue as one person. There are We have to divide and conquer. We can't all do one thing. We got to focus on something. You know, a lot of times people want to come to me and say, you know, defending black girlhood, but what about the black boys? When I was doing Black Woman Heal, what about black men who have been sexually abused? And especially black men would ask me that. And I'm thinking, well, I'm thinking because you're asking me that, you probably were sexually abused, so I'm not really sure why you don't feel like that's your responsibility to talk to black men. But they want black women to do everything. We're supposed to take care of everybody. Everybody's supposed to climb on our back. And we're supposed to prioritize every black issue except our own black issue, except the own issues about black girls. Mm -hmm. I'm tired. And the second we humble ourselves to reach out to get some help, my God. Exactly. That takes a lot for a black woman to reach out for help or to right. call the police. Right. Or to do all right. the different things that is happening. Right. Right. And we're shown time and time again we're not a priority. We are not a pro- we're not a priority to ourselves. Can I just say that? Black women, we are not a priority to black women. Why not? 
Black women, black girls are not a priority to black women. Why do you guys think that that is? Cassie. <laughs> Give her a little break. Right, right. <laughs> you know, I think you hit the nail on the head in the, um, was it the intro one? The Ground Zero? Yeah. When you were saying, um, we don't heal ourselves. We never, we don't even consider it uh, an option. Right. We just keep going. We just keep going. We just keep going. And I think that um, part of it is we've been taught that we shouldn't feel pain and that when we do, it doesn't matter. So we don't even tap into the vulnerability of it, um, of, of like really, really focusing on how to heal our pain. Because I think in order to effectively heal, you have to work through shame, work through guilt, mm -hmm. work through vulnerability. And without doing any number of those three things, it's hard to even get to the, the foundation of healing pain. Right, because it's painful to heal. Right, it's time right. It's time consuming, man. Oh my god! Right, healing is a full time job. We already taking on other family members and other issues and other social injustices and our black men and expectations, and we don't feel like slash literally don't have the time to take on right what it takes to really invest in that right. God, it made me tired. So then what do we need to do? Because then part of that is our choice. It is a choice. Prioritize and shift around the things that need to be reshifted so we can prioritize ourselves. What are we What are we getting from? I'm going to stop choosing the black man. What does that mean to you? To me, that means I love black men, but you know what? I love black girls more. I do. I love black men, but I love black girls more. And black girls need my love more because... I don't know if black men love me like they used to. I'm having conversation with black boys in middle school who are saying they don't want black girls. They don't want to date black girls. Black girls are too angry. Black girls are too much trouble. They don't want no black girl. In middle school, they saying this. I have an issue with that. So what you got there? Okay. So, I'm not going to read all this, but this is, quote, verbatim of what some of these black men set up on here. Wow. Um, uh, all these bitches do is log on and tweet about how they don't feel protected by black men. Of course you don't feel protected by us because we don't know your dog ass personally. That's a beef you need to take up with the black men in your personal life. Stop being goofy on the internet. That's just one. Wait, let's, wait, 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 wait. Let's pause. Let's, let's unpack that one. Let's unpack, let's unpack that. <laughs> you know, there... Uh, yeah, it was, a, yeah, it was a Twitter, Twitter thread. Okay, so, obviously he's a fool, but he is a little right. We can't expect black men outside of our zone to protect us more than black men in our zone protect us. I will give him that. I mean, I think, like, in general, black men need to protect black women, but I also think that we need to hold accountable the black men, our, our brothers, our fathers, you know, our uncles need to be held accountable for keeping black girls safe in the family, keeping black women safe in the family. I think that's an important point 
Because if black men in our inner circle aren't keeping us safe, we really can't anticipate that black men outside of our circle who don't even claim to love us will keep us safe. So he's right on that point. But but fuck him. And plus, on the flip side, does he then expect us to go march for George Floyd and for all these other unarmed black men that we don't know personally in our own life? But that's what black women do. To go march for them? Would he expect that of us, though? You gotta talk in the mic. You're, yeah, you're good. You're good. That, that mic I'm catches. Listening. I'm listening. You gotta talk directly into the mic. Mic check. One, two, one, Does he two. expect us to ride for these black men that we don't know personally? That's what we do all the time. Because mm-hmm. that is what we do. So then you can't say that then. You're right, what you're right. saying. But and I that's also. That's not fair agree. on the flip side. Because white, black women don't have that standard. Black women don't he- need to know who you are before we will march for you, before we will protest for you, before we will stand up for you as a black man. That is the truth. But I'm also calling out black fathers, black uncles, black brothers. Absolutely. To make sure that your black girls and black women are safe in your home and in your zone and in your family. That's what I'm going to need y'all to do. What's a practical way that comes to your mind? A practical you way? say this and say this, but... Well, I think that what people can start with is that if you know that a black man within the context of your family has sexually abused a black girl, now you might have to edit this out. But whip his ass. Whip his ass. Do you know if the number of black men who are abusing black girls would have their asses whipped by the black men in the family. Do you know that those statistics would go down? They would have to. Because what's happening is these black men are abusing black girls and they're hiding behind black women's skirt tails in the family. Mamas are making excuses. Sisters are making excuses. Grandmamas are making excuses. But if you would just whip that ass, we would have a lot less of it. Because we don't want no other race going up. I didn't say you gotta kill him. I said whip I'm that saying, ass. Keep, it, keep this, it within the home, just like the. I think the ass whipping statistics need to go up. A pedophile. You know what's interesting yeah. about that? Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Am I am I wrong about that? Yeah, for sure. I'm wrong. No, no, no. no. You're not wrong at all. No, it, they didn't need to go up. Whip yeah. the ass. Um, the, what's interesting about that is uh, Alice Walker has such pushback about the color purple when it came out mm-hmm. as as the, as the novel because. Uh, the black community are saying like, why are you putting like black men out there like that? Why are you, do, you know, why are you doing all this about black men? And black men right. were angry, like, you know. But then it's like, but that's what's happening. Their penises weren't angry, right? Because they were still out there abusing black girls, right? But their little ego was angry, right? Because even Jill Scott, and you know that's my girl, but she came out about the bioptic about um, James Brown. When they were showing that he was beating women in his relationship, and why we want to, you know, besmirk his his reputation, I'm like, well, if he, if he was beating women, that's what he did. Right. He did that, and he saying, "I feel good." He <laughs> did both. Well, right. Well, so if you're gonna do a story about somebody's life, if they were right. physically abusive, that's part of their story. Just Listen. Facts. I believe if you want people to talk about your story in a good light, do better. Mm-hmm. 
Well, Live better. Make better choices. Facts. That's what I'm no saying. Don't beat women. If you don't want nobody to right. say you beat women, don't beat women. If you don't want to say, have somebody say you a pedophile, then don't okay. fuck children. Yeah. But you can't do that, and then we can't talk about it. And so I think that if the men in our family would take more responsibility and stick up for our children, our black girls, I think if black women would heal, we wouldn't feel the need to protect black men who molest our black girls. Well, say that again. I think if more black women would heal from their own molestation, for their mm -hmm. own caring of the genes of their mothers and their mothers' mothers and their mothers' mothers' mothers who were sexually assaulted and abused, that they wouldn't feel the need to, to, to protect black men who feel the need to steal black girlhoods from black girls. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love that. And then you blame black girls and call them fast well. because they are now acting out of the early introduction to sexuality mm -hmm. that was put upon them. They did not ask for it. They did not want it. They did not need it. And now we're blaming the victim for how she is responding to being a victim of her girlhood, her sexuality being stolen. So we are both protecting as black women too often, protecting the black men who are stealing our black girlhoods, and then we're blaming the black girlhoods for acting like their black girlhoods have been stolen. Yeah. Right. So this next tweet. <laughs> <laughs> um, black, black women will be protected when they listen and submit themselves to black men. Jesus. Black women, black women will be protected when they listen and submit themselves to black men. Submit to what? Submit to what? <laughs> Can we just break down that for just a second? Yeah. Submit. That means that you have a mission in the first damn place. And I'm going to come underneath the mission that you have. If you ain't got no motherfucking mission in your life. I ain't got nothing to sub to. I can't sub to nothing. But if you bring something to the table, I'm a sub to that. You got to have a mission to have the requirement of submission. Well, you better preach today. You got to have a mission in the first damn place. So what is your motherfucking mission that you want me to submit to? Because I can get with it. You going somewhere, you building something, right. you about something, you changing something, okay. you bringing life to something. I can sub to that. Right. Look. And we're smart enough to know what to get up under. Exactly. Well, if we see something but, that's worthy to get up under. But, the, and, and I've seen it in my personal family life that women submit to men who have no mission because they don't heal themselves first. Come on. And so they go under that, whatever they think some strong black man is, and they ain't got a penny to rub together. Y'all want us to submit to subsition. Subsition. I'm not submitting to subsition. Now, so I'm just saying, if you want me to follow you, I'll follow you if you go in some motherfucking way. You can be on point. Right. Right. If you exactly. ain't if you ain't going nowhere, 
Why am I gonna follow you? You know a good example of that I read um, Michelle Obama's uh, autobiography, mm-hmm. and she talks about when she met like Obama and how he had all these like plans and stuff like that. And, and one of the things she said, and I'm paraphrasing, but she said something like, um, she saw him have like so much going on, and she felt like if she didn't get, she didn't better herself first, she was gonna get swept under that. Mm. And and so she had to like step her. She was real with herself. She had to step her game up, because and that's not and that's not submission to me necessarily. That's like I'm gonna do better so we can do better. I'm gonna do. But that is submission. Yeah, that, that's exactly like, what. But wait a minute. That's and, exactly what submission is. In the truth of it, right? She saw that this brother had a mission in life, mm-hmm. and she wanted. He had a mission in life that he could speak. Mm-hmm. Like, stop expecting black women to give you a mission well, and then sub to your mission oh, that I gave you in the first place. Because if I got to give you the mission, I'm a sub to my own mission and I'm going to get it done. If you come with a mission, like Barack Obama came with, with his fine self, well, if you come with a mission, I'm going to see how I can accentuate that mission. Uh-oh. I'm going to see how I can grow into that mission. I'm going to see how I can support your mission. And I'm going to see myself in that mission. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Exactly. I think that's what she did. She said, this yeah. brother has a mission. How do I fit into this? Exactly. Not just in supporting him, right. but how do I become who I'm supposed to be? Because when you get with the right one and they have a mission, you will find actualization of who you are. If you can't be who you are with who you with, you with the wrong person who has the wrong mission. You better. You need to be able to you be who better. you are. You need to be able to actualize who you are, who God has who God has called you to be, what your gifts and talents are underneath the mission of who you with. If I can't be the fullness of who I am because I'm so tied up into being who you need me to be to be who you are, I'm with the wrong person. You be who you are and you help me be who I am and together we will have a mission. Come on. Look, you done said all the words. You done said a whole word and nothing but the words. Because the Bible also says, the Bible also says, submit ye to one another. Because don't get it twisted, my brother. You have a mission, but I got a mission too. So we going to be about your mission, but we also need to be about my mission. Mm. And if they don't work together in harmony, you and I are supposed to be together. It don't mean that your mission is wrong. It means that I'm not going to get in missionary position. With you. With you. Wow. Now, you got somebody for you. I know that. But I also understand that I got somebody for me, too. Uh Amen. Lord. I hope you guys can hear this. (laughs) <laughs> I don't think, man. Okay. We're not going to get in missionary position wow. together. Whoa, you better. Put that way. You better. Somebody better hear that word and receive Shoot. it. If your mission ain't big enough to support my mission too, because um. we can't just go with the, the scripture that says that women are supposed to submit to men and forget the scripture that also says submit ye to one another. Mm-hmm. Anyway. You went off. You you went in and off. Yes. 
All right. That's that's only the second one. Okay. <laughs> what else the brother say? Man. Um. <laughs> it says, uh, "If black men are so evil and dangerous, stop marching for us." It's really that simple. Oh. oh. Wow. Okay. To all black women who feel unprotected, blame your daddy, not me. This the same one. No, this is this is these They're are yeah men. these are different men. Okay, so let's let's let, wait 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 wait. Let's wait, go back march- to the marching. If black men are so evil and dangerous, um, stop marching for us. Okay, it's that simple. I can do that. Right. I can do that. Check. <laughs> <laughs> and done. Yep. And done. I'm gonna stop marching for your ass. <laughs> I can do that. Man. Because I'm a march for black girls. Because I'm about defending black girls. I'm make. I'm about defending black girls, making sure they are safe everywhere. They are safe in their homes, safe in their schools, safe in their churches, and safe in the community as whole. That's what I'm a march for. You right, brother. You right. And I'm not thinking y'all so dangerous. Some of y'all are. But black men as a whole, I don't feel you're dangerous. Right. Don't as a whole. How you feel about yourself or well, right. Maybe well, you. Yeah. How do you feel about you, brother? We, when did we say all that? We said we don't feel protected by you. We right. Right. We're evil and all these and other dangerous. things. And right. dangerous. Right. Right. You know, although most of the black women who are killed are killed by black men, but we don't have to talk about that right now if you don't want to. That's something we could unpack in a bit. But if uh, you don't <laughs> want to talk about that, we don't have to that most black women are killed by black men who say that they love them. Mm-hmm. But you know, that ain't just a black thing. When you start dealing with we domestic violence. We don't want to give other people different excuses they can bring up. Right, you know, right. Black on black crime. Right. Um, black on black crime is not a thing. It's not a thing. Proximity of victim, that's what is a thing. Because if you look at statistics of crimes by white people, the only caveat I can say is when you look at rape, white men statistically are the only men who rape across race to a significant, a statistical significance. That's historical. Like to probably historically in their genes too. Significance. Black white men rape black women, they rape native women, they rape Latin women, they rape Asian women. Statistically White men have no respect of persons when it comes to rape. But there's no white on white crime. There's no white on native exactly. crime. There's no white on black crime. Look, white people made that up to try to refuse right. their own stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, Because if you look at, listen, what are the most big cases we've seen about white women, particularly pregnant white women who've been killed? It's been white women, and the suspect has been black, white men. So... We're going to leave black on black crime alone unless we're going to deal with white on white crime. Exactly. Um, what are we talking about next? <laughs> what else you say? So all my black women who feel unprotected, blame your daddy, not me. Okay. I'll do that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go for that. Right. All right. That's, okay. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. But then don't take yourself out of the place where you do need to be blamed. Well, we can't put that on you because I don't know you. But that's fair. But that seems so general, like I can't that he can't take accountability for anything. No, but if he can take accountability for his daughter, that's what I'm saying. That's all he yeah, needs to do. If, if that's all he that's needs to do. That's what's included in that, then yeah. 
If he can start there, if black men can start with taking the accountability of whether or not their daughters are safe and protected, I'll start there. Mm -hmm. You know what? Because I can start with my father. I have three fathers. I have a legal father from whom I got my name. I have a biological father from whom I got my life. And I had had a stepfather. So I had three of them. And then none of them do right by me. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So if if black men can just start with protecting the black girls for whom they have the responsibility mm-hmm. of bringing into the world, if you can just do that, we're going to be head and shoulders above where we are. So, yeah, just do that, black man. Just protect your black daughters that you have a responsibility, whether it be your legal black daughter who's carrying your name. Mm-hmm. And God rest Alexander G. Sr. I like the name G, and I thank you for that. Um, or if it be your biological daughter or it be your stepdaughter, if you can just do that, We'd be seventy five percent better than we are right now. Right, mm. and I think, like you said, on both ends, if you start protecting and focusing on that with your daughter, then we can start expecting and focusing and doing it on just our fathers. She just refuses to talk into the mic. Can you do that? It's directional, so you have to talk into the mic. Like I can hear you, but I can't hear you. Hear you. So, yeah, I'm with them for that. Whoever said that, I'm going to give you that. I'm not even going to call him a fool. I'm going to go ahead and agree with that. Um, if we could just start there mm-hmm. with that, we see a huge difference. Yes, we would. Uh, which one was on? I was created by a black man and black woman. I will only protect women who are part of my family. Random black women are not entitled to black men protection. Um, fuck you. <laughs> What's the next one? <laughs> uh, the next one. <clears throat> excuse my language. Um, <laughs> run this, <laughs> run this spade, bitch. I ain't risking my life for no stranger, but I will protect my family and close friends. You think I'm gonna protect some stranger for the simple fact of being black? Kiss my black ass. We all know it's situational. What's the first part say? Wow. Run this spade, bitch. What does that mean? Like, give him a haircut? <laughs> <laughs> what is that? I don't think I've heard that. I don't know what that means. It's not necessary violence, and you don't need to talk about that part. Okay, I want to be mad at him, but I'm just going to say, bruh, if you can do that, if you can just protect, again, it women and yeah. your family, you know, I, I, you know what? But I'm just going to say, bruh, whoever you was who said that, I'm just going to say if you see somebody fucking with me, I just need you to fuck with them. That's all I'm saying. Right. You ain't got to particularly know me. And it, it, it don't even have to be because I'm black. Like, if, again, if I see somebody fucking with somebody, I don't care if you black, white, or whatever. I'm going to intervene. I'm going to say something. I'm going to do something. But particularly, I'm just saying, we used to be a different way as black people. As black people, we used to look out for each other. You know, in the 40s, the 50s, the 60s. You know, what's up? How you doing? I think a lot of that was born out of this. Are you okay? What's up? What's good? I think a lot of that was born of just making sure you okay. 
black man, black woman, as I pass you? Are you good? And I think we've lost that. Again, I do 100% believe if we could do that on a family level, we the, the impact of that will reverberate on the community level. But I'm just saying, if you see somebody, brother, fucking with me, can you fuck with them a little bit? And I think part of that, too, as human, I think part of human nature is uh, it's our, we, we react when we, when we see stuff, but we deny that part of ourselves. Mm-hmm. I think it's human nature to be stirred when you see something crazy happening to another human. I think that we go out of our way to deny that part of ourselves. So it's within us. And it's something right. that is layered on top of it that we refuse to respond to it. Because I think we layer that by gender. We layer that by race. Because just like that baby, and, and sweetheart, I'm so sorry, I don't remember your name right now, that was abducted down south and was missing. Um, so white people saw her being like shoved into her car. Mm-hmm. So, so you just think part of it is whether you knew something was right really what it was is that's where racism comes in because you look at the racist issue and you're thinking oh that's how black men treat black women so I'm not going to say shit about it but like I'm not going to say we don't have issues as a black community. All I'm saying, if you see some motherfucker pushing me in the back of my motherfucking car and I'm hollering and look like some shit that I don't want to have happen to me, can you dial 911? You don't even have to come across the street. Right. But can you dial 911? Just report it. What's that one thing that one, um, this like concept that like everybody, they could be like different people from different windows or something, seeing the same Bystander theory. Yeah. Yeah. Can you buy your stand and call 911? Okay, shoot. Can you do that? Even if somebody else is calling, it ain't nothing wrong with three callers about the same issue. That's the same thing. Because, you know, my mother had one of her best friends that she was friends with in Haytide, and they moved to Chicago together. The families moved to Chicago, who was killed, and they people heard her crying out. And her killer never, was never brought to justice. Wow. They heard her cry out. Everybody assumes somebody else is going to do the right thing. Yeah. You do the right thing. Exactly. Just in you case. You do the right thing. Right. Just in case. Let them have right. seven people call. Exactly. Let them have ten people call. What's that going to hurt? Just make sure you know. And then on the flip side, I'm going to ask a personal favor from police officers. Because I called the police another time. This was many years ago. I heard a child screaming out, and it didn't sound right to me, across the street from me. I called the police because I heard this girl repeatedly like crying and screaming. I didn't know what was going on over there. It wasn't for me to know what was going on. It wasn't for me to define what was going on. It wasn't for me to go over to that house and say, hey, what's going on? I called the police, and I said, I can hear this girl screaming. I don't know what's going on, but it sounds odd. As a matter of fact, can you hear her screaming as I'm on this phone call? And yes, they can hear her screaming. I said, but don't come to my house because this is my neighbor and I don't want them to know that I called the police on them. This is where they live. This is their address. This is their house. And you know what the police did? They came to my house. They came directly to my house. So, 
we got to have some sense of protocol. Why are you knocking on my door? I didn't say that girl was screaming from my house. I said she was screaming from the house across the street. Go knock on that door and see what's going on. Or bust in like you love to do. Well, don't they love it without a uh, warrant? Right. They love it in black neighborhoods. Man. My God. Is there anything else them brothers They said? all said the same. Pretty much the same. <laughs> okay. So this one, this one dude said we ain't Batman. Okay, so <laughs> fuck him, fuck him. He was he had a point. Fuck him. He had a point. Fuck him, fuck him, fuck him. Basically. Okay. Yeah. There we go. Right, but I'm just gonna go back to as human beings, if we see anything that's going down that seems out of the ordinary, that sounds questionable, you is not your job to determine what's going on. If it seemed fucked up, it's probably fucked up. Just call 911. Or if you that one, go over there and see, hey, is she okay? Are you okay, ma'am? Do you want this, ma'am? Like, do that if you that one. Because I think we got at least one of them out of every hundred. So if you that one, go over there and ask. Involve yourself. Mm-hmm. Have the courage to look foolish for the, the sake of saving a life. Exactly. Exactly. Because exactly. if they had looked foolish, the police would have been on it quicker to know what was going on with that baby. Right. Quick but, pause. The reason you're probably not hearing her is because she's not hooked up to that thing. Oh, okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> that would be why. I'll edit that out. <laughs> that would be why. And so, can we have... Is this what we want to do, a commercial identification where we are promoting Patreon? Do it. Well, y'all do the Patreon commercial. <laughs> Patreon. Lelada G. Wow. Dot O-R-G. Y'all are fired. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so I started a Patreon in order to support the creative journey of my life. And so I do art, I do this podcast, I do videos. I'm an artist. I feel like that girl in Coming to America, I want to have a a video, I want to write the song in a video, I want to sing the song in a video, I want to produce the video, (laughs) I want to write the video, you know, but I do a lot of stuff. And so... Definitely want to ask you to consider being a patron. So you can go to patreon.com forward slash Lelada, which is spelled L-I-L-A-D-A. And there you can join me as a patron for as little as $5 a month. That's only one cup of coffee a month, depending on where you get your coffee. That could be two coffee. If you go to get your coffee at McDonald's, that could be two coffees a month. You know what I'm saying? Five. Five. Well, four with tax. I suppose you're right. Four. You're right. All I'm saying is, for five dollars a month, you can support me and my creative pursuits and the work that we're doing through the through the podcast, with the art we're putting out there to defend black girlhood, or the work that we're doing around black women healing. You can support that for as little as five dollars a month. You can sign up to do more. We'd be really, really glad for you to do that. Blickety black. Yeah. Blickety. Blick blickety. Blick blickety. Blick blickety. Blick blickety. Black. Black. 
What about black, black, girl. girl. black girls? Black girls. Black girls. Black girls. Black girls. Black girls. Wow. I don't know what I was saying. But I'm hoping. I'm hoping this is not doing the opposite. I hope this is not making you not want to be a patron. But you know, patronizing artists is a is an age old thing. You know, the artists of old were patronized by people in the community who saw the value in the art that they were able to bring forth and they wanted to give them the time and the space in order to create. And that's what we're asking for. I want the time and the space in order to create these conversations, in order to create art, in order to create curriculum, in order to create videos that help us formulate thoughts on what our responsibility is on making sure that black girls are safe everywhere they are, on helping black women to heal, on building warriors, not allies, to be able to stand in the gap for black girls. And you can go to Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com, P-R-T-E-R-O-N. No. P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com. P-E-T-R-E. Nope. Listen to Cassie, because I don't have it right. Dot com forward slash, and if I can't sign my last name, I mean my first name, if I can't spell my first name, we're just going to put the top on that bottle. L-I-L-A-D-A. So patreon.com forward slash Lalada, or you can go to Lalada dot o-r-g l-i-l-a-d-a-o-r-g put a dot in between there and you can have a click right from my website to um support patreon there is a message form on there if you would like to get a message to me or my team you can do that um there is a sign on there if you want to have me come in as a speaker they're dancing right now and they're like no music are you guys listening to music in your heads? P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com. <laughs> 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 <Dot com. laughs> Four slash later. <laughs> so please consider that we have a goal of June. I want to get to 100 patrons. By the end of June, we'll have a few more days for that. We're at 70. Woo! And woo! I want to shout out all those 70 patrons. Where's my phone at? You gonna shout them out right now? I think I should shout them out. Should okay. I? Yeah, why not? Shout them out. All right. Shout them out. <laughs> Say the names. Okay, I'm gonna start at the beginning because my first patron, I don't even see her name on here, was Melissa. Melissa Lork was my first patron. Melissa Lorky. So, Lorky. So I want to shout you out, Melissa Lorkey, for making me believe myself. All right. Chris Godar, Bo Yoon, Maria Butters. Maria, shouting you out. She was a former intern with me like 10 years ago. I love you, girl. Tamar Zick, Angela Fussell, Gabriella Gauss, Pamela Malin, Nancy Cross Dunham, Melody. Alicia Schilberg. Lisa, Alicia was also an intern with me 
and she filmed my mini documentary, Black Woman Hill. Shout out to you. Christy Ebonk, Angie, Brenda Yang, Tiffany Kinney, Kristen Nelson, Tina Zentz, Constance Miles. Hey, Connie girl. Deborah Frisch. Um, wait a minute now. Kim Thomas. That's my girl. Um, Diane Gruber, Mary Stoffel, Lynn Vilker, Emily Barney, Erica Monroe Kane. That sounds like somebody. That's like she should be starring in the movie. Starring Erica Monroe Kane. Hey, girl. Kim Graffinow, Julia Rymont, Anique Dupatty, Sarah Fink, Nancy Sorensen, Mary Beth Hardy, Melissa Dat, Marin Darcy, Christine Siebert, Amy Louise, Jess. Marianne Owens, Jillian Bradbury, Alexandra G. Lewis, Christian G. Lewis, woo-hoo, my babies, Megan, Natalie Marzette, hey, Natalie, Dana, hey, Dana Pelabon, Amelia Badilia McConnell, Eric Baer, Holly German, Lene Iron, that's my, my, that's my neighbor, thank you, Miss Lene, Maggie Smith, and Maggie, I'm giving you a special shout out because you even changed your Instagram link to my Patreon. You, the girl, former intern, Jane Vandermeer, Efrat Lavini, Miriam Brown, Jenny Pressman, Kiana Holmes, Aban Nukan, Augusta Brula, CJ Figgins, Karen Brown, Deborah Mastin, Michelle Nichols, Cassandra Marzette, hey, hey. Alyssa Scales, hey, Karen Marie, Betsy Etzel, Haley Hauser, Babette Rose, Erica Peterson, Sharon Lewandowski, Nikki Wagner, Janet Bauer, and Sabrina Rosenbelts. Thank you for joining me on my creative journey and empowering me to embrace myself as an artist. Okay, so as we end, what's one word to describe your emotional state around black? women issues today. What is your one word? I say frustrated. Uh, Sporadic. Mm. Mine is exhausted. Mm-hmm. I'm a hyphenated. Fucking exhausted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So we got to stay at it. And I think as black women, we have to pace ourselves. Because there's so much that's going on. And as black women, we have black sons. We have black daughters. You know, we have black brothers, black fathers, uh, black mothers, black sisters. So everything that is going on, we feel the pain of it. And we feel the need to respond to it. We cannot do everything. You know, be sure to stay in your lane and your particular calling and do that thing. And we pray that we get everybody in the right position to do what we need to do and the work that is before us, but um, also just keeping at the forefront, defending black girlhood. Amen. Amen. So this is where who we are, this is where we are, and we just want to come to you in the interim of all of these things going on in the world around us to take a break. Next week we'll be coming back with your regularly scheduled programming and who killed Erica Hill. And we'll be going forth with telling that baby's story and honoring her memory. Thank you for tuning in.
as my grandmother would say, mm-mm-mm. That was a good conversation. And listen, we're not playing. We mean this thing. We mean to defend black girlhood by taking on the tough conversations that need to be had in order to do so. And we would love for you to get more connected with our work and our mission by visiting laleda.org to explore the dynamic work we're doing to defend black girls everywhere they are. And while you're there, we invite you to join our mailing list so you will not miss one single fearless conversation. <laughs>